and welcome back to That Spooky Life. Thank you for joining us, and I am your host, Miranda, and I'm very happy that you guys are here today. As has been our pattern of late, we had guest author Diana Abernathy last week read one of her personal life experiences, and like we did with Kevin the few weeks before, today we are having her back, and we are going to do Spooky Q&A number three. And I would like you guys to give a spooky welcome back to Diana. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me again. I love doing it. Well, we love having you. And I vote that we dive right into the questions, don't keep the people waiting, and then cover anything else afterwards. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. All right. So question number one, how long have you been a medium or what do you actually recall as your first paranormal experience? Well. Honestly, I believe I was born with my gifts, but my earliest paranormal experience that I can remember as my first actually involved a conversation at my grandmother's kitchen table with her mother. I was sitting there coloring, and there was this younger lady with red hair talking to me and telling me all about my mama's kids, which I knew they were all my aunts, my uncles, my dad. And then she mentioned that she had 10 children. And I said, no, she only has eight. She said, no, she had a set of twins that are younger than your daddy and his sister, and I take care of them. And I was arguing with her, and my mama asked me, Diana, who are you talking to? I was like, mama, will you just tell this lady sitting here at the table that you did not have twins? And when I said that, she just went in shock. (laughs) said, what does she look like? And I said, well, she's young and red hair and, you know, looks like Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. And she said, well, honey, that is my mother. And you do not argue with your elders, even the ones who have passed on. That is my earliest paranormal experience. Funny thing is, my grandmother did not seem surprised by this ability of mine. (laughs) That's fair. And I love the fact that your descriptor was Laura Ingalls Wilder. (laughs) Yes. Well, I watched the show a lot growing up. It was one of my favorite shows. I still love it to this day. And the way she was dressed and the way her hair was pulled up in the bun, that that was what she looked like. I did see a picture of my great-grandmother, you know, some years later, and that was the lady I saw. Well, that's fair enough, and I think that's super cool. And, yeah, I can totally see you doing that, too, just sitting there coming and being like, tell this lady that you didn't have twins. (laughs) Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm very outspoken. Granted, as I've, as I've grown up, I've gotten better at biting my tongue <laughs> or thinking before I speak, but verbal diarrhea was definitely a problem I had at age five. <laughs> Fair enough. So question number two, uh, we talked about blessing styles in our last episode. Can you share how you learned the techniques that you talked about and figured out what worked best for you? Absolutely. So um, as we talked about on the last episode, my blessing style comes from the Christian faith. I use anointing oils, the Lord's Prayer. Um, All of my blessings are Christian-based. And I learned that from growing up in the church, but also with guidance from my mother. I was raised Southern Baptist, and when you're raised Southern Baptist, you are pretty much taught that only a preacher can do this, or uh, the man of the house. You know, sort of, it's very misogynistic, I guess, from the way is the best word to describe it. 
with the way I was raised, but my mother actually taught me that anyone having authority can bless the house and that a woman has as much authority, you know, over her house as, you know, her husband does. And the way she helped me understand that was, well, think about it. If you have a single mother, you know, who's raising her children alone, who's the male authority figure in the house? And I was like, well, that's, that's logical. So um, my house blessing comes from the Christian faith, but also taught by my mother on, you know, inside, outside, around the grounds, everything. Because my mother also. So it was one of those where basically you'd learned a lot of how it sort of worked at your time in the church, but it was your mom who taught you the details and actually how to do all of that. Absolutely. Um, and my mom, she, uh, for a while there, she uh, had gone through some things in her life where <clears throat> she was angry at God. And because she was angry at God, she felt that, um, you know, witchcraft as, we know it from the spooky side in our heads from fiction was probably her best rebellion. Um, so she quit praying to him and started practicing another religion for a while. Um, and she learned to incorporate uh, the herbs and the stones and, you know, that sort of thing from that. And then once she came out of her rebellion, she kind of blended them together as I have done. See, that's really cool to me because honestly, I have found that there's a lot of techniques, a lot of practices through the years that, you know, as the Christian faith spread and stole, adopted, you know, sort of vilified other things in areas. There was a lot of stuff that came to be practice and ritual for two different sets of beliefs entirely and so to see somebody sort of take that and incorporate it in a positive way that's very helpful is is really cool to me i i love that and um you know see when i was growing up my mom she at first she she did try to vilify witchcraft for me when she realized hey my daughter's got these abilities that i have um she did try to vilify for me and that did cause me some issues um, because uh, I was kind of questioning why, how is it that what I can do is supposed to be a sin and it's supposed to be so bad, but at the same time, I didn't ask for it. I, I didn't pray for some entity, entity to bring it to me. I, I've done this my whole life. Um, it did bother me. And I struggled with it a lot when my, I grew up and my mom realized I was really, really struggling with this. Um, she decided to sit down and have a talk with me again and explain to me, look, uh, when you were 11, I showed you all the scripture that told you no. Now I'm going to show you all the scripture that tells you it's okay. That really kind of helped ease my mind and, and open me up to other things. See, I think that's really cool. Uh, I think it's cool that you had somebody supportive. She was trying to protect you. You know, I, I totally get that. And I was a very vindictive child, very manipulative. And her fear was that if I realized that I could manifest and that I, you know, could know things that, you know, I shouldn't know and have these experiences, she was afraid that I would use them with the wrong intention, which she's not wrong. I'm, I'm looking back on 11-year-old me and she is not wrong. So actually, I don't look at it anymore as she did me any harm by doing that. She actually saved me in more ways than one. Right. Question number three for you. 
you see spirits have had premonitions, been dreamwalking, and all of the wonderful stories that you shared with us on the podcast. Is there any of those particular things or anything new that you would like to learn or to control better? Uh, yes, there is something I'd like to be able to control better. A quick story is I've learned accidentally that I have the ability to not only feel someone else's pain being an empath or feel their emotional pain or anything, but I can take pain. Um, and I, I noticed that when my husband had come home from work with a migraine and I felt really, really bad for him. He had been going through a lot. And the last thing he needed was a migraine that day. And I said, I'm sorry. And when I kissed his forehead, his headache immediately hit and my head and his was gone. Um, but I can't do that on command, but I would love to be able to. That's really cool. I've not heard that as being like a super common thing. I've, I've heard of people who can do it and I've heard of Reiki healers who can remove pain and stuff like that, but that's not very common. I, I can usually feel enough of someone's pain to know, like my son recently, a couple months ago had broken his foot. Um, and I was able to tell it was broken just by focusing my energy over the area he said hurt. I told him it was definitely broken and he needed to go to the hospital. It wasn't just a sprain. Um, and sure enough, it was a just a fracture of one of the very small foot bones underneath his ankle, and they almost missed it on the x-ray. The doctor said he was about ready to come tell us it was a sprain, and then he just happened to glance again out of the corner of his eye and go, oh, no, that's a fracture. See, that's awesome. All right, so question number four. You have mentioned to me and the spooky listeners before that you are what you classify as a Christian witch. Uh, we've touched on some of that, I think, already, but would you like to sort of elaborate? Uh, absolutely. So what that means for me is that while my blessings and my prayers and everything are strictly Christian based, I, you know, anything I do, I pray to one God in my religion. He is the, the only, the Alpha, the Omega. And so I don't practice under any other deities. Um, I keep truth in my Christian faith in that nature, in that aspect. Um, but I also have gotten to where I'm incorporating herbs and respecting their abilities more um, as I learn what each, which, you know, what each of them do. Because as my scripture has told me, you know, God gave me every earth-bearing plant to use and to care with. So because of that, you know, see no problem in a lavender chamomile tea for healing or, you know, eucalyptus for pain or, you know, cleansing your energies with salt, a uh, salt bath or anything like that. And I also have always been able to feel the energy that is in, you know, your stones and your gems and that sort of thing. So I have gotten to where I'm more comfortable with incorporating that aspect into my practice as well. And I am a huge moon child. I was born underneath a full moon on a Friday the 13th, which I, I really think is awesome. Yeah, that's winning. That's winning life and, right there. <laughs> and I, uh, my mood and my energies and everything change with every cycle of the moon. Um, when the moon is at its fullest, I am at my most energetic. I will not sleep. By the time the new moon rolls around, I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> so the the brighter the moon the the more energetic nature is a big big deal for me um all aspects of 
the elements are because I find comfort in fire, even though I'm a water sign. But you put me in a creek and I'm like, oh, yes, I'm in heaven. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I love to walk out in the grass barefoot, you know, things like that. So I, I resonate with all aspects of nature and I incorporate those into my practice when I pray and I'm learning more. Well, that's super cool. And the moon sensitivity, I am totally going to get you and Kevin to talk about together at some point, be it on this podcast in person or whatever, because you guys seem to have a similarity there that I am interested to know more on. As far as as what the the being a Christian witch means to you, that's that's very cool. I, I think that's a very interesting and sort of important idea to have out there because there's a lot of people who have a lot of misconceptions about it and as long as you have faith will and the drive to do I think anybody can sort of do it and you know people may like different terms than which because there is sort of a negative association that's come about for the years personally I lean into it because I don't mind the spookiness and I am happy to explain if people ask or watch their faces curl up as they walk away like either way for me it has taken me taken me a while to become comfortable with that terminology because it has been you know so vilified but I am getting more comfortable with it I've, I've actually started using a uh, Christian witch as an identifier for a couple months now and it, it feels more honest in my soul because I'm, I'm more than just someone who believes in God. For me, because I have healing ability. And that's what most of everything I can do is it, it involves some sort of healing, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical in some aspects. I believe that I am a Christian witch who has a healing specialist. I love it. I honestly love it. And I so I, I support you in that because I know how, at least partially, how hard it's been for you and for you to find that to be your truth and be like, no, this is who I am. This is what I am. And I'm now comfortable with that is, is huge. And I think that's super awesome. All right. Question number five. And I am excited to hear about this one personally. And please feel free to go into as much depth as you would like because you are an excellent storyteller. I don't know if you do that, Miss Professional Author. What was your scariest paranormal experience? Because I need to know and so do all the spooky people. Well, I believe I mentioned on the last podcast that my encounters with malevolence, <laughs> I've had seven demonic encounters with six successful expulsions. Ooh. I'm going to tell you why, why there's not seven. So the reason there's not seven is because one, I have zero authority. <laughs> Two is I became aware of this entity when I was a child and did not know fully what I was doing. So where I grew up, my stepdad had a relative that had a house just across the property and never really liked it as far as the energy goes. But... At the time that his aunt, who lived in the house, passed away, it seems like it had gotten stronger. Well, I had a very another very religious aunt who lived next door, and she was your strong, strong, strong Christian woman. Um, speak a few words, and whatever's there is gone. That was her. She up and moved, went and bought a camper, moved to Blue Ridge, and went to the camper. And I had to ask her why. Well, I heard her talking to my mom one day and she said that it was because the demon in the house was so strong so 
you know, creepy loving little me goes, oh, there's a demon in the house. I want to go see it. <laughs> so I walk over there. And before I even get in the yard, I feel it. And it is not happy that I'm there. And it's giving me warnings. And I don't know where my knowledge at that time came from to say, hey, I'm curious. And that was it. And I walked up to the house. And I started looking through the windows. And when I did, I saw it. It is sitting there on the couch looking at me. And it's at that point we made an agreement. I'm going to leave you alone and you'll leave me alone. You won't leave this property. I won't come messing with you on this property, but I'm still going to play on the swing set. <laughs> well, as things went on and people talked to me more as I grew up, come to find out the aunt who lived in the house was actually murdered by this demon. She was trying to exercise it from her home. And supposedly, she had died from a stroke. I've went to school to be an EMT, but I've never known of a stroke victim to lay there with their tongue out and their eyes wide open like they had been strangled. Never seen that. Not saying it can't happen, but I've seen a lot of gory pictures going to school for stuff like that. So never known of that to happen. My aunt told me years later, the one that lived next door that moved all of a sudden, that the reason she left is because she tried to just protect her own home. And when she started doing her anointing outside of the house and then into the house, it followed her in as a show of power that it would overpower her. And it almost killed her. She managed to get it off of her and out of the house, and then she left because it was something she was not strong enough to get rid of. So the mutual agreement that I have with this thing is you stay there and I'll stay over here. But if you ever come over here to where my stepfather still lives and mess with this old man and with his bad heart, I'm coming for you. I just hope that day never comes. That is a giant pile of nope sauce. Like, I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> I, mm -mm. It, it is. Um, one, I have no authority to walk over there and get it out. I have zero authority over that property. None. Um, so I'd have a fight on my hands anyway. Right. My stepdad's house, I could pull off because even if the fact that it was my house growing up, if that fact doesn't stand there, he will give me permission. That's fair. Um, so, <clears throat> but I'm guessing that that might positively on me that it continues to stay over there even though it likes to kill people yeah because um, it doesn't it doesn't mess over at my stepdad's house it stays in that property line and doesn't wander so but you can feel it <laughs> um you can be in the cemetery that's on the other side of the woods at the back side of this property and uh you can feel it. oh god no thank you i have no interest in that <laughs> Well, I know you had said uh, when I shared my story about Elizabeth with you that you were interested in going to visit Elizabeth one day. And well, to visit Elizabeth, you have to be in that cemetery. I'll go to the cemetery. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near that damn house, though. Me either. I don't go there. I haven't been on that property since I was at least 14. There's actually a place that I think I would like us to go at some point and I'll need to talk to a friend of mine because his family owns the, the land and we would be going to his house and then walking basically. 
there's a church nearby here that gives off some really not good vibes despite the fact that it's a church and it's one of those things that i would bet that it feels fine on the inside where all of the prayer and stuff is actually done but it's the outside that's I don't know. It just feels strange. I'd like to get your impressions on it since that's more your vibe than it is mine anyway. So you may be able to read it better. Right. Oh, I would so be down for that. I I love a good ghost hunt. <laughs> I will uh, get in touch with my friend and see what uh, maybe I can make happen then once we're, uh, we're allowed to actually be in-person friends again. Right. All right. So final question. And this one is not really a question i'm sort of just prompting you to uh, plug yourself shamelessly and i have no problem with that whatsoever you recently told me some very very exciting news for for yourself as an author would you like to share with the spooky people what that super awesome announcement is absolutely so since at least 2010 when i published my first book my goal has been to do the weekend long book signing at the Great Locomotive Chase Festival in my hometown of Adairsville. It's a huge annual festival that goes on every single year. And this year I've been approved to set up there, coronavirus willing, it's going to go away. It's going to happen. I'm going to speak that into existence. <laughs> Be set up at the Great Locomotive Chase Festival first weekend in October for a weekend-long book signing. So if you're local, come out, get your books, get your t-shirts, get your author photos, whatever it is you want to grab on our author merch, and we'll have a lot there. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. That's like the biggest news that I'm I'm just over the moon about it. It was part of my five year plan with a book, but it became my let's see, my ten year plan. <laughs> this is be my tenth year after publishing my first book. Well, congratulations on that anniversary, actually. That's really cool. Well, thank you for joining us and answering spooky questions. Stick around for the witchy tip, obviously, but I wanted to pause here and just say thank you very much. I hope that the spooky people have enjoyed hearing your answers and sort of learning about your truth alongside some of the spookier stuff like demons that we're going to avoid five ever and we don't need a playground anymore. So it's cool. For the most part, I like to I like to avoid demons. Any of them I've ever encountered that I've had to get rid of have been because they gave me no choice. Yeah, going and going and kicking around in demon territory is like, it's one of those things, if you have to handle it, you learn how to handle it and you do what you got to do, be it yourself or call somebody in. But in general, if you don't have to handle it, just don't, don't, don't get your elbow deep in it if you, if you don't have to. Right, exactly. Our witchy tip for the day is going to be a tarot pull that I think is for the most part and I'd like your your insight on what you think as well, Diana. But I think it's pretty cut and dry. I did a three-card spread today. And in the recent past, we have the card of the sun, which is the truth comes forward. The day is has broken through the night. If there are lies, they are revealed. And that which is honest comes to the fore and we see everything for what it is with all illusions dissipated in the present we have the eight of cups and the eight of cups is uh, just to give you guys an idea of the imagery in my deck specifically is a woman watching eight cups fall in different positions like they're all falling from above as she moves away from them and the Eight of Cups represents moving on, leaving a breakup or disappointment, 
and confusion and disorientation. And I feel like the confusion and sort of disorientation, in addition to the changing energies of like moving on, you know, we're all where we are right now, but it's coming on to a new phase of it kind of thing. I think that's also kind of, kind of obvious. And in the near future is justice. And justice is a special one. It is not judgment, um, but it is the balancing of the scales, like blind justice, as it were. It is equilibrium and balance, uh, fairness. There's a, an impartiality to it that is very important because it's not, it's not based on feels. It's not based on emotions. It is very much the scales will need to be leveled and there is no emotion to that. It's not, oh, well, I feel kind of bad. No, none of that. The scales have to be leveled. It's the impartialness of that act that basically says to me with this spread, we know what's going on with the the truths revealed in the near past. We're kind of having a shift. We're moving on to the next phase. And it's a little disorienting and off-putting, especially emotionally, because cups are emotions. And in the near future, there will be justice. The scales will be balanced. I mean, there there has to be a balance that comes shortly because, I mean, if nothing else, flattening of the curve, things like that, but also energetically, because that's a thing that Diana and I were talking about. There seems to be a weird energy over the past few weeks. And actually something I didn't have a chance to tell you yet, Diana, is that I have some witchy friends on another forum that I'm in that they have also been sensing all of these weird energies and feeling off. Some people have been having a bad time, but most people are just feeling off. That That's mine. I, it's really disorienting. It's like I can't rest. My energy doesn't recharge. It's like whatever I spend, I don't get back. Um, that's been my experience with this whole weird energy thing that's going on. Um, I've noticed that emotionally it's harder for me to pull back and recover. I've noticed that normally when I am that brick wall, when people need it, I have pretty much the ability to shut down my emotions and just kind of support theirs. And I have so been lacking that ability this past week. So yeah, that, that's been tested a lot. Yeah, it's um shout out to and they're actually friends of the podcast. They they listen, they're probably listening right now. Hi guys. Um shout out to to Becky and Aiden actually because we were having the conversation that some people seem weird, some people seem off, most of us are exhausted. It just seems to be and I, I understand there's a lot going on in the world. It's just a strange after effect, I think, that everybody's having to find new ways to reach out both you know physically and apparently there has been a lot of dream walking going around nowadays like many people have been experiencing that yes that has been happening i've noticed i've done it a lot more frequently than i normally do um i told you about my intentional dream walk that i went on because i went on i went on a mission <laughs> yes i've had a few others where i've uh had people on my mind and I've kind of ventured out to check on them since and uh normally it doesn't work that way well and one of the things there's a there's an author and she does both fiction and paranormal stuff or like psychic energy work stuff there's a forum that I'm on it's a lot of people apparently like 
there are a great number of people who are sensitive from sensitive all the way to and through like fully woke third eye open all the time witches and psychics bananas level power they've been practicing for so long type thing that they're just slipping out of their bodies and going dreamwalking while they're asleep without meaning to everybody from the most beginner level of like apprentice type stuff to the most practiced they'll just end up in a friend's house across the country because they were thinking about them because we all have this drive to pull on those ties and actually interact with people in a very tangible sort of way that it's like a bunch of people's subconscious is just carrying it out whether they want it or not yeah exactly um you know like i said with me normally i have to be before i dream walk i either have to be really 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 passionate about what i want to know or who i want to check on like it has to be driving me nuts (laughs) um in my conscious mind that or someone that i care about has to be in horrible distress calling out for help pretty much their soul is calling out for help that's usually the only two scenarios where i have ever went dream walking but i know in like the past week at least i've probably went three other times that i can recall where i have checked on someone who i've just really thought about but not obsessed over their well-being but i'm still checking up on them yeah i feel that I've had a lot of uh, vivid dreams recently, and some of it was just daily indexing. I shared one last week, obviously, with you, and that's kind of why I wanted to touch on the dream walking, too, because that was our, our stories last week. Some of it's daily indexing. Some of it, I wake up tired, and I'm like, I feel like I went somewhere. Like, I didn't sleep. I went somewhere. My body was here, but, like, I went somewhere. Right. And I, I have this feeling that a lot of what your sensitives are feeling right now is a huge spiritual awakening that's coming to a lot of people. Yeah. And you're not really going to know just how huge it is until after your next full moon. A lot of us can't recharge. Right. And I think that's why. <laughs> I think we charge more than we're used to recharging. Yeah. Well, and there seems to be a lot of sort of psychic noise right now, too, which is another thing that we've been discussing on that forum is because of sort of that psychic awakening and everybody's need to connect in new ways, they're more open to things and that's going to lead to the spiritual awakening. But it's also it also seems to be for those of us who are already tuned in, causing a lot of sort of like white noise and static. And I'll be interested to see where it goes, honestly. I know I'm I'm picking up uh, a lot more things and uh, I've been recording some audio for a uh, nonfiction book that I've been working on and I've noticed I've been having to redo my files because there's a lot of things that are coming up in the white noise, a lot of voices, there's a lot of uh, my clear audio ability. I've noticed I'm hearing more than I normally hear. I'm seeing more than I normally see. <laughs> I'm dreamwalking more than I normally do that. My dreams are more vivid. I'm having more intuitive premonitions than I normally do, and I'm not trying. So the fact that I'm not trying to tune in, but I'm still getting all this, is definitely interesting. I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on it and see where all of this goes as time goes on and maybe after the next full moon and all that. I think we'll find a lot of good balance after the next full moon. Maybe that's what the Justice card is trying to tell us here, too. Because I think it's important to sort of take the lesson from the cards, even if it's sort of be like, hey, yeah, you know, this is going on if you've been paying attention, but equilibrium is coming kind of thing. Right. Definitely. Well, 
Thank you very much for joining us again today, Diana. It's going to bring us to the end of this episode for this week. And I have some good stuff, I think, planned in the future. But I may also be ending uh, season one pretty soon and then just take a couple of weeks off. But I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I just want to give you guys a heads up just in case. However, again, thank you very much for coming on, Diana. I'd love to have you back if you'd be interested in coming back at some point. Oh, absolutely. Always. Just let me know when. Excellent. If you guys are interested, I said it last week, but I'm going to say it again because I'm all about supporting the indie authors. If you guys are interested in reading Diana's fiction, check out abernathybooks.com. And as you heard it here, she is working on a nonfiction book. So keep your eyes peeled for that to come out eventually, which I'm super looking forward to. And follow her on Instagram. And you said you have a Facebook page too. And I'm just going to let you plug it so I don't mess it up. Uh, yes, I'm on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and let's see, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I have. It's at Abernathy Books. You'll find me on any of those platforms. And then I have my website, which is AbernathyBooks.com. Excellent. Thank you very much. And if you guys have spooky stories that you guys want me to share on future episodes, please send them to that spooky life podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram at that spooky life podcast. I have a couple of stories coming up that you guys are going to have a blast with, by the way, we've got one from Becky that I mentioned earlier, and I know that she has another couple that she's going to be sending me. So Becky, I'm looking at you. I'm super excited to read these. And then I have another few coming in that are, I think really going to be, sending sending the goosebumps so keep stay tuned check up with us every friday i try to have them up for you guys so that you have them when you wake up as it were and until next week i'm glad you guys made it i hope you guys stay safe keep living that spooky life guys bye